When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is July 1st, and yes, oh yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Tommy Henry went 5.2 innings, one earned run, four hits, two walks, and eight strikeouts yesterday against the Angels. Oh boy, is this something that's real? Well, it's been three straight games of about four earned runs total in that time. And he has a new slider that's using a lot more, over 20% of the time, about around 10% prior to that. So that could be something of note. But I say in this in the short term, not really something to chase. It's just more of, hey, keep a decent eye on him, as he could be a Toby for the near future. That That's really about it. Tommy Henry is decent, and that's kind of cool, but he's not really this like massive breakout star in my view. James Paxton started and did great things, and his knee is fine, and everything is wonderful. Justin Steele did great things as well. He went down a little bit on his velocity, down to 98.8 miles per hour, as opposed to 92. But really good command, and really good command, especially of that slider down as well. So I'm digging what Justin Steele's doing. You just keep starting him um, indefinitely at this point. Seth Lugo had a great start inside of Cincinnati. Six innings, zero earned runs, five hits, zero walks, and six Ks. The singers and four seamers were really, really well spotted. And the curve was two ticks harder as well. So good stuff here from Seth Lugo. This is really the kind of pitcher we've been waiting for from him and now he gets the Mets and honestly I'm just going to start him there because I feel like him being in rhythm is something that should stick start to start now that he has found it. Graham Ashcraft surprised us massively against the Padres. 6.2 innings, one earned run, three hits, two walks, and seven Ks. He easily earned what I call the gold star that is a, a pitcher we don't expect to do well to all of a sudden have a soaring evening on the bump. His slider was so good. 13 over 44 whiffs for a 55% CSW. However, the cutter command is still not what we want it to be. And that's really the big issue for Ashcraft. We know that the stuff is good. The cutter comes in super hard and moves. And you have the slider that moves a ton as well. But the command has always been bad. The slider was much better commanded. The cutter is still very much not it. And I am not trusting this whatsoever. Christopher Sanchez against the Nationals, six innings, one earned run, seven hits, one walk, six Ks. Really nice to see a seven over 22. Changeup whiffs also had a 41% CSW on that slow ball. And the sinker got 35% uh, CSW with a lot of cold strikes. That's good. So maybe he can be streamed in the future. He does get the raise next. So Christopher Sanchez, like Tommy Henry, is just now on that list of, hey, these are guys to consider when they are not facing the toughest of matchups. Josiah Gray did well against the Phillies. Six earned runs, sorry, six innings and one earned run got the win. Six hits, one walk, and eight strikeouts. 11 over 38 whiffs between the slider and the sweeper here. And that's really what the story was as Josiah Gray was trying to do things with his sinker as opposed to the four-seamer and the cutter being like the primary fastball pitch. And it did allow three hits, but just not so much damage while those two breaking balls were just that good. So hopefully they stick around, but I don't really imagine this peak of sliders plus sweepers sticking around uh, or really being a consistent thing for Josiah Gray. But I'm looking at it. I'll make sure to let you know if I really do believe that, wait, this is the new Josiah Gray and he's going to stick around like this. 
Pablo Lopez against the Orioles, six innings, one run, three hits, three walks, and six Ks. That's a great start. We'll take that all day. Yes, three walks, whatever. As he didn't really have his best command inside and out. Uh, a lot of pitches were kind of down the middle a bit with the curveball and the forcing, but that curve was was very good. Uh, and feeling pretty solid about Pablo Lopez right now as he's up to a 4.24 ERA, and I imagine that will be close to 3.5 by the end of the year. That's how I feel about the second half of Pablo Lopez. Luis Medina, to me, looks like Frankie Montes without a splitter as he went five innings, one earned run, four hits, five walks, and four Ks against the White Sox. So keep that in mind that he's just really a five to six inning um, dart throw for an ERA on a given game. Austin Gomber against the Tigers did super well with a 40% CSW to get a King Cole as he went seven innings, two earned runs, six hits, one walk, and seven Ks hosting the Tigers in cores. Yes, that is what we call a birthday party. I don't think that we're going to say that Austin Gomber now is a new man with elite command. No, he had a good day, and that's really cool, and we move on. Carlos Carrasco had a really good day with the Giants across all the three pitches. That is a 93-mile-per-hour four-seamer, a high CSW slider at 36%, and a solid whiff changeup with a 21% swing strike rate. And yet, it was a five-inning, two-earned run, five hits, three walks, six-case performance against the Giants without a win. Why am I phrasing it all like this? Because even when Carlos Carrasco kind of did the three things that we wanted him to do, it was whatever. It was kind of decent and not really anything too exceptional, which kind of tells me, yeah, it's not really something that I want to chase. Alex Cobb against the Mets on the other side of this one. Five innings, two earned runs, six hits, zero walks, and three strikeouts. He only went one for 27 splitter whiffs, which is very shocking, but... The thing that sticks out to me is that he threw 15% sliders. And why does that matter? Well, if you remember, I was really in on Alex Cobb adding the slider at the beginning of the year, and then it really disappeared. But now he threw it more than his curveball, went 7 for 12 strikes. And I do wonder if this can be that that magic weapon for him. As he's really needed something else. See, the splitter, only 1 for 27 whiffs, did not have a good day. And that means he'd be hyper-reliant on sinkers and curveballs. But having this extra slider just... Gets him through games a little bit better, and here are the results, right? Five innings, two and runs, six hits, zero walks, three Ks. This could be a difference for a comp to make him more stable through the rest of the year. I'm very curious about that moving forward. We have Bryce Miller against the Rays, 3.1 innings, two and runs, one hit, one walk, and six Ks. Why 3.1 innings? Because he had a concerning blister on his middle finger, and Cervais suggested that he might mix, miss his next start, which is so annoying. He had 19 whiffs on 61 pitches, 46% CSW. 18 whiffs on his four-seamer, which was thrown 89% of the time. Oh my gosh, Bryce Miller was so good, and it's so dumb that he got hurt. And on the other side of it was also someone getting hurt. That was Shane McClanahan, which is very frustrating. Three innings, four runs, five hits, three walks, one strikeout, and he's likely to go on the IL with that back trouble. So a very stupid game. Uh, in Tampa Bay, or sorry, rather in Seattle here, right? Why does everyone have to get hurt, especially two amazing pitchers like this? Michael Soroka against the Marlins, three, six innings, three earned runs, five hits, zero walks, and seven strikeouts. So he got the poor quality start. He kind of did his job. Uh, the slider was much better this time around than we saw in the first two starts of the season uh, with a 41% CSW. Welcome back to the majors. Um, I wouldn't expect him to keep that up, unfortunately. However, he does get the Guardians before the All-Star break, and I'm cool starting him there. Uh, Bobby Miller went against the Royals for 5.2 innings, 300 runs, 5 hits, 1 walk, 4 Ks. Very unassuming or bland for being Bobby Miller. Only 3 out of 22 slider whiffs and a sub-25% CSW in both that and the four-seamer. 
he's got to be a little bit better than that. I'm still very much a believer in Bobby Miller long term, but yeah, he's really cooled off um, recently, and it's very frustrating, but I'm still very much in here um, with Bobby Miller. Freddie Peralta had a fantastic outing against the Pirates, 5.1 innings, 3 earned runs, 3 hits, 2 walks, and 8 Ks. 16 whiffs and 29% CSW, and I remember earlier this week I said about Peralta that he was losing rise on his four-seamer and his breaking stuff wasn't as good and it was just a little bit frustrating across the board, but now the four-seamer is better, added two ticks of, of, of vertical movement and less horizontal movement, which is good, and then you have the slider being a lot tighter and coming in harder, and 60% zone, uh, sorry, 60% strike rate on it. Wonderful to see that. Oh, yeah. Also, four out of nine whiffs on the curveball. All great stuff. He allowed three and runs. Fine. But this is a much, much better indication of success moving forward. And do not say, oh, this is just the Pirates. No, this was his actual uh, pitches themselves being much better. Do not ignore the skills here just because it was the Pirates. We have a lot of other guys to talk about, of course, today and tomorrow's games. I'm sorry. The today's game's not as relevant anymore as I put this out a little bit later than I would like to, but I'm still going to talk about tomorrow and the guys you should be picking up for uh, the Sunday final day of your head-to-head weeks. We'll talk about all of those after this break. Are you ready to step up to the plate and show off your fantasy baseball skills? Check out Underdog's Fantasy 7th Inning Stretch Tournament from now through July 14th, where you can build your dream team and compete against your friends for the $150,000 in total prizes. So what are you waiting for? Visit the link in the episode description and use promo code PITCHERLIST to receive 100% deposit match up to $100. Join us in the 7th inning stretch tournament and experience the thrill of fantasy baseball like never before on Underdog. Good luck and may the best team win. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 and older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncp gambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. Renel Blanco against the Rangers went five innings, 300 runs, four hits, four walks, and two strikeouts. Yeah, no, this is not the start you want as the slider went down to just 39% usage. Uh, and he was battling the pitch a lot to hopefully get over the plate while the four-seamer had to be used more. However, he does get Rocky Road next, and if he does have that slider and get those strikes with that, that could actually be a nice stream, so ignore this one against the Rangers a bit. For Renel Blanco, you have Jose Barrios allowing four runs in six innings, but just five hits, zero walks, and eight cases. He's allowed three home runs. There were two terrible changeups, and one was a mediocre sinker, and that's just life. Okay, you, you keep starting Jose Barrios, that's just whatever. And hey, you got a good whip, and you got a good strikeout uh, total, so all's cool there. Tanner Banks against the Oakland Athletics. You know not to start Tanner Banks, so we're not going to do that. As Valdo Bido um, had one whiff in this game, and it was on a 2-1 fastball somehow, uh, and he went over 33 slider whiffs. So, yeah, sorry, Bido. I think we're moving on from you moving forward. Uh, John Gray against the Astros. Six innings, five earned runs, seven hits, two walks, four cases. Actually, it was a little bit more encouraging, even though he was more east-west than north-south. That is, he was... Uh, arm side with fastballs and, and glove side with sliders. The slider earning eight whiffs is a very encouraging thing. And I think that he could recover. You know, he's recovered a little bit more than I thought he would by now. 
from his slump. Hopefully he does well there against the Red Sox. I think I'm going to start him there. Griffin Canning got 20 whiffs for a Gallows poll yesterday against the Diamondbacks, but allowed five in runs over six innings with three hits, four walks, and nine strikeouts. I was suggesting, look, Canning gets the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers, and that's the all-star break, and he's in the back end of a six-man rotation. Thus, you're not really going to see him for a good amount of time. So you're okay dropping him before this one. And sure, the, the five earned runs made me feel like a genius, but the 20 whiffs and the really good slider, 11 over 40 whiffs on that. And just just a fantastic Blake Snell blueprint. Um, makes me think better of Canning in the second half. But you really aren't going to see anything from him for three weeks. So, it's, it's, you know, you still might want to drop him here as you don't want to start him against the Dodgers. Uh, that was Griffin Canning. This is Michael Lorenzen who was in cores and we knew not to start him there. Uh, Alec Marsh was starting against the Dodgers. Four innings, five earned runs, six hits, four walks, five Ks. He actually has something interesting here with a 93 to 97 mile per hour uh, fastball with a decent slider and changeup. But it's just I don't trust anything good to happen developmentally with the Royals. So we're just going to ignore Alec Marsh. Cal Quantrill uh, came up against the Cubs activated and all of that stuff for 3.1 innings, 600 runs, 8 hits, 2 walks, and 1 strikeout. And you have to wonder if Quantrill is actually going to stick around. I know that Logan Allen was sent to AAA, but yeah, it's just it just feels like Cal Quantrill isn't going to last here in, in Cleveland, especially if he's pitching like this. Brian Hoeing against Atlanta, 3.2 innings of 7 earned runs and 1 over 26 slider whiffs. The uh, the sinker just didn't get as many ground ball outs as you want. We knew this. It was against Atlanta. We move on. And lastly, Dean Kramer against the Twins. You know, it's a uh, Dean Kramer is just one of those guys that you normally should just use as a Toby and against mediocre teams. You could argue that was the Twins, but this is what happens. Three innings, seven and runs, seven hits, two walks, five Ks. He isn't that exceptional. It was cutter and four seamer. I don't really buy those two things. Uh, without that's those are the two pitches that were working when he did well. Wasn't really there here. Uh, it's not the worst Hail Mary throw, the dart throw for a weekend, but didn't work out here, and it's not always going to, of course, with Dean Kramer. Looking forward to today and tomorrow's games. I'm going to quickly go through today's. Wheeler, Cease, Glasnow, Verlander, Burns, Kirby, Morden, Stroman, and Yuri Perez are all auto starts. Even Perez against Atlanta. I don't even know if some of these have already finished. I... Uh, have not even checked here. It's been that kind of day. Purple starts here early. Urias, uh, Bybee, Ober, Kikuchi, Brown, Eovaldi, and Aviedo. Uh, questionable start here is Gore, Severino, Caprillion, uh, Anderson, Tyler Anderson, Cal Bradish, Jack, Jack Flaherty, Anthony Descafani, and the do not starts as Ryan Nelson, Michael Waka, Cutter Crawford, Matthew Liebertor, Daniel Lynch, Brandon Williamson, Tyler Alexander, and what ever the Rockies and Yankees are doing because it is a double header. Make sure those guys are in your lineup. Okay, tomorrow, much more interesting. Spencer Strider and Garrett Cole, duh. Same with with Kevin Gosman and Luis Castillo, of course. Zach Allen is here. Framber Valdez is here. And so is Sandy Alcantara. Yes, I know. Valdez against the Rangers and Alcantara against Atlanta. If you have them, you're starting them. I'm just... You're starting them. Okay. Probable start here. I put Ranger Suarez at the top against the Nationals because I really like uh, where he's at right now. I think Suarez is in such a good rhythm. The Nationals aren't good. I feel this is the safest of all of these that I'm going to list off now. Taj Bradley against the Mariners seems really good. High strikeout uh, opportunities. He's essentially a worse Tyler Glass now. So think of it that way with the volatility. Reed Demers has been on a great run. And he's the Diamondbacks. But I do feel encouraged that you should be starting Reed Demers. Sonny Gray against Baltimore should feel good as well, but 
Sonny Gray, you don't really know what you're going to get. You Darvish, is he going to pitch tomorrow? Because he's been a bit sick and it's in Cincinnati. So, yeah, if he's going, I'm going to probably start, but he might be a little bit limited. Tony Gonsolin against the Royals feels pretty safe, so you do that one. Michael Kopech, same idea against the Athletics. Hopefully the fastball dominates here. Jordan Montgomery against the Yankees. He's on a really good stretch right now, and the Yankees aren't too scary. Andrew Abbott against the Padres. I know it's the Padres. I don't really love Andrew Abbott, but he's on such a good run that you really just have to do it, and we'll talk when it doesn't work. Garrett Whitlock against the Jays. I know it's been a bad last couple starts for Whitlock. I think his skills are way better than the results have been, and even with the Jays being a strong offense, I think I'm still going to start Garrett Whitlock here. And the last two are your streaming options, and Aaron Savali against the Cubs. Or Paul Blackburn against the White Sox as Tobies, who can go six innings against a poor team on Sunday and possibly still you win or a quality start here. Questionable start here. You have Colin Ray against the Pirates. I don't like any of these really, but I recognize also for Sunday, I make them more. Um, I, I don't really do too many too, do not starts. I just say, look, there's a chance that these guys go five or six. And if they have that, then they are in the questionable start tier as you're looking for something on Sunday. So Colin Ray against the Pirates. David Peterson maybe against the Giants. James and Tyone against the Guardians. Cole Irvin against the Twins. Rich Hill against the Brewers. Andrew Heaney against the Astros if you're going for strikeouts. Brady Singer being the cherry bomb he is against the Dodgers. And Alex Wood against the Mets. I really don't like to start any of these, honestly. Um, but I do recognize that all of them have an opportunity for us to go, oh, wait, cool, that worked out. With the last three being against tough matchups, while the first five being against weaker teams. And in Do Not Start Land, we have Trevor Williams. I just don't want to do this. I just don't. Connor Seabold against the Tigers, inside of Coors, and the other side is Matt Manning, inside of Coors. All right, that is it for today. I'll be back, of course, tomorrow morning. But until then, my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babbits be low and your strikeouts high.